This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello and welcome to the Keep Right On podcast. We are finally celebrating a Wayne Rooney point this week. Blues managed to get a, a 2-2 draw with Ipswich on Saturday. I was away, so my colleague who joins me, Brian Dick, was covering the game for us. Um, Brian, it was a point. It was a step in the right direction, but you know it felt like a loss in the end, didn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was a point. Yeah, no, there's no debate in that. Um, it definitely did feel like a, a step in the right direction. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I wrote in the analysis piece the, the next day that uh, I'd have taken a draw before the before the game, but just not this draw the way it panned out, having been two nil up. You know, I, I do think when when Blues are under pressure, and certainly when the substitutes came, came on, you, you know the. The Ipswich substitutes really, really took control of the game. Whereas you could just, you could almost physically see Blues just have a little bit less energy when they, when their when their subs came on. And it, as I, as I was going to go on and say, when you when the first goals go in, it was a situation when you feared that if Ipswich got one, they got two, and and that's exactly what happened. And honestly, Alex, I can't really say they didn't deserve it. I think they did. Um, obviously they had much more possession in Blues not that that's a massive thing they had more shots and they were probably more dominant when in their half hour of dominance in the second half than Blues were in their half hour of dominance in the first half so on the balance of play uh, probably a fair result um, but listen we, we've we've been clinging on to to any sort of driftwood going haven't we in the last three or four three games to, to find a positive uh, and there was actually some some very big positives in in this match. I mean, you mentioned the subs there, and obviously for both teams, like they did change the game. Rooney bemoaned his own subs in his post match press conference. Um, you know, I think the likes of Manny Langello, Christian Beale were two of those who came on. He obviously didn't mention names, but um, it's something that 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 has been an issue is is the fitness, and obviously you need to make changes to to kind of cope with the. Uh, the, the, the last stages of the game and I mean yeah. I think when Rooney first started you know bemoaning the lack of fitness in his team we, we obviously all thought that that's a new manager thing isn't it a lot of new managers do that totally. but with the way they are playing you can see that you know they were fit enough for the way Johnny played they're perfectly fit it was fine but for the way they are playing obviously he is asking for that extra 10-15% and um, yeah. it has been an issue in every game hasn't it again on Saturday you saw two late goals it was an issue yeah, it was. Uh, listen, it's probably it's a, a, the point you make there about there's fit and there's fit, isn't there? You know, mm. you know, it takes takes a lot less sort of endurance to to be to be in a low block and for mm. for an hour and then suddenly just spring, you know, onto a counter attack and it, than it does to do what Blues are trying to do, which is basically chase the ball round. Mm. Um, you, you know, it's you know, it's obviously a lot more structured than than that. But if you if you look at the work that Stansfield and uh, Ollie Burke got through the weekend without the ball on that press, they they are basically sprinting for as long as they can, and they empty the tank, and, and that is a different sort of fitness to just sitting in and suddenly, as I said, like like a coiled spring and then exploding out. Um, so 
yeah, it, I do think there's something in it. It's not just the of oh, these lad, these players weren't fit that, mm. that you get with every new manager. Um, it's we need a different sort of fitness. Um, so yeah, that 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 is going to take time. How easy that is to do, and the hoof in the championship, I don't know. Obviously, the inter- the international break coming up will presumably give um, give Rooney and his and his backroom team an opportunity to to work on that. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose the one the one question mark I would have is if you know that you struggle to maintain that intensity from seventy five minutes on. Do you therefore have to compromise a little bit and sit in and, and say, look, we've got 75 minutes of, of intense press in mm. us. Should we just be a little bit more cautious for the, for the, for the last 15 minutes? Um, again, I don't know how, how easy that is to do, to switch between, yeah, we're going to ch- press everything really hard to let's sit in and let, let's hold it tight. I, I would think you know, professional footballers at championship level could, could take that message on. Yeah, I suppose that's managing the game, isn't it? And, you know, really yeah. spoken about that a number of times already um, in that he wasn't happy in the earlier games, I think particularly the Middlesbrough one and the way they managed managed the game later. And obviously they ended up conceding late there. So, yeah, that, that's a that's just got to be a, a mindset that kicks in for professional footballs, hasn't it? And, and they've got to kind of just take it, take it in late in the game, decide, know when to sit back and know when to go forward and press and... Um, if they are turning up with with 10, 15 minutes to go, there is no no one's going to complain. It's not going to diminish a performance if they you know take the foot off the gas for those fifteen minutes and sit back. Yeah, but that message has to come from the sideline, doesn't it? And I, mm. I don't know whether that message was sent on. I guess it isn't what I'm saying. So you yeah, know, could could Rooney have compromised a little bit there? Did he compromise and the players didn't do it? I don't know the answer to that, but. Yeah, um, the fitness thing is certainly going to be um, an issue that that rumbles on until it doesn't, sort of thing, uh, you know. And if you if you get a reputation for conceding late goals, it becomes a thing, doesn't it? And you know, you develop this 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 issue in your mind, and and then teams teams are aware that, that that's a failing of yours, and then they suddenly become more offensive, and, and then it becomes a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy. So until they start seeing seeing games out. You know, let's get two 0 up first. It's the first time that's happened with with Rooney. Mm. That was the first lead, I think, I'm right in saying, wasn't it under under, yeah. under Rooney's yeah. tenure? Um, so until they can do that more regularly and start seeing it out, I think it, I think it is a thing. And then suddenly, when they do start seeing it out, nobody really will be talking about fitness particularly. Mm. We saw, um, we saw, because I was obviously watching all the highlights that were available to me, trying to make sure I was tuned in ready for this podcast um, and obviously read all of your piece on the Sunday trying to catch up and, you know, something which is quite interesting to me and you because I didn't see it in his first three games was the the box formation that you spoke about. Um, obviously, you can't see that particularly well watching the game, you know, from a TV vantage point, but obviously, you know, in the flesh. Can you tell us how it worked? Yeah, so it was a back four. Um, and we've got a question about a back three or a back four, which we'll come on to later. Um, so, yeah, it was a... It was a back four with with Ethan, the magnificent Ethan Laird restored restored to the back line. Um, then it was uh, Sunich and um, and Jordan James, the sort of the defence, more defensive line midfielders. And then ahead of them were Bakuna and Miyoshi, and then ahead as a two, and then ahead of them um, were Burke and uh, Jay Stansfield. Um, interestingly, um, Bakuna when Blues are in possession, Bakuna and Miyoshi. Would sort of pull wide, um, sort of go from a number ten central number ten role out to sort of the wings, 
Um, and you kind of left Blues with a 4 2 4. So they had four four players in that attacking line. And uh, both players enjoyed quite a lot, quite a lot of success doing that. Uh, but yeah, it was. Um, I think where it worked really well is, and, and the pieces that you've written and the comments that you've made covering Rooney's first three games is, is the teams felt very disjointed, hasn't it? The, the, mm. the space between between midfield, between defence and midfield, and then space between midfield and attack, and it's everything's just felt a long a long way apart. What it's what it's done with. With four lines, I suppose the four, the two, the two, and the other, and the two, as opposed to the three lines, is 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 given another layer of of of, of players that you can pass to. Mm. Um, so I think I think everything looked a little bit more connected on Saturday, uh, and certainly you know Bakuna coming on from the left in field onto his right foot looked very dangerous, and Mayoshi on the other side. And linked up really well with Ethan Laird and Stansfield when he came over to this side as well. Um, so with the ball, it all sort of added up, it added up, and it made sense mm. much more than it has done. Um, without the ball, you know, it was uh, it was very much a case of of Burke and Stansfield leading the press, and you know Ipswich Ipswich really do play very much from their own goal line. Mm. Um, so and and then Mayashi and, and Bakuna. Would then push on to support that press, and then James and Sunich, mostly Sunich to be fair, would would then sort of then come forward as well. Um, to, so so it wasn't just two or three players pressing and and getting then getting picked off. So yeah, it it worked, and it's, I think it's something that that Rooney and Blue should persevere with uh, because I actually think uh, it's it we've got square pegs in square holes. Certainly Sunich. Playing as a deeper line midfielder, that that was much better for him, <clears throat> and getting Bakuna sort of into more advanced positions as well. That's probably better for him rather than trying to call him a, you know, defensive central midfielder in a four-two-three-one mm. or something like that. So yeah, it it made sense. Yeah, it's good from that point of view. Yeah, you mentioned Oliver Burke there, and I think him and Stansfield are probably the two most mobile forwards and probably the best pressers I'd say in the Blue squad. So. It is interesting that he put them both there, but on Burke especially, because, you know, he's praised Stansfield enough on this podcast. He's a fantastic player. But Burke has probably been the most impressive performer, I think, throughout Rooney's four games. I know he's on the bench the first, but in the next two, I think he is probably their biggest threat going forward. And obviously, again, you know, moving him into that central position on Saturday seemed to work. Yeah, it did. Certainly without the ball, it worked. Mm. Um, you know, I Burke had two big chances. Mm. In the second half, um, there was a there was a ball that Stansfield put in from the right, um, which Burke got to before the goalkeeper, uh, and couldn't lift it over the goalkeeper, so it was sort of smothered, uh, smothered at you know the minute he touched it, sort of thing. And then Jordan James put him th- put him clean through um, with a with a really really good pass actually uh, running in on goal, but Burke's Burke's heavy first touch sort of sort of saw the ball run through to the goal, goalkeeper so yes Burke did play well without the ball and and he's going to be key to that press you just you just can't see you know any of blues other forwards with the exception of maybe Tyler Roberts if and when he comes back mm. um pressing and, and being as big a pest really as uh, as Burke was that day but you know football is a game played with the ball isn't it as well and you would want your striker to be taking at least one of those two real, really good openings. So yeah, yeah I mean, but 
Burke was good. It's the best I've seen him play. Um, but, you know, Blues could have been 3-0 up uh, and it probably would have been game over. And I'm not not saying for a second that it's, it's Burke's fault that Blues didn't hang on because there were many other issues in terms of the goals that, the, that were conceded. Um, but, yeah, I just, I'm going to be mega, mega picky. I want him to score one of those two chances. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, do you want to talk about Ethan Laird? Oh, what a magnificent footballer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I just said before he came on here, didn't I, that uh, Ethan Laird came in and did press after the game as well. And he sort of sat there for 10 minutes. And honestly, he's one of those guys, smiley, engaging. You know, he uh, not only engaging, but engaged. You ask him a question mm. and he thinks about it and, and, mm. and you'll have a conversation with him. I could have sat and talked to him for 20, 15, 15, 20, 25 minutes. He was really, really interesting. Really good company. Unlike some footballers, unlike some footballers, he didn't sit there, sit there like he was in a dentist waiting room, you know, willing for this experience to be over. He was actually, he was actually comfortable, and it was, um, and you know, yeah, really, really, just really enjoyed speaking to him, and really enjoyed watching him play because, um, I think you've got a stat, haven't you, Alex? Shall I steal your thunder with your stat? Oh, go on then. <laughs> so the stat is that uh, that Blues haven't conceded a goal with Ethan Laird on the pitch. Is that right? Yeah, I mean he's not he's not played every game as we know. He's been out injured for, yeah. for over two months, but yeah, he played against Swansea and he went off around the 60th in that game. Marcelo came on and the Swansea equaliser came in the 75th minute down that side. Mm. Um, and you mentioned actually that the the goals, the first goal for Ipswich was created down that side where. Where Laird had just vacated as well, wasn't it? Yeah, was yeah, yeah. Um, so, so the um, the sub uh, basically got past Cody Drame, who who played well, to be fair to mm. him, and uh, and the ball came in, and Blues just didn't deal with 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 the loose ball in the box. Um, but yeah, Laird Laird was excellent defensively, and also played a part in the first goal as well, uh, creeping into that midfit that place in midfield that we've seen him occupy a few times. Uh, and spray a ball with the outside of his foot to to the left wing to bring Bakuna forward. Um, so yeah, I mean, Ethan Laird to me, if you can keep him fit and get get him playing for the next twenty five games, I think Blues have got a Premier League player on their hand. I really do. And uh, the the one thing that that was noticeable was the communication as well. You mm. could see him talking not just to not just to Sanderson next to him or to the player in front of him. But you know he was he was organising, he was orchestrating, you know, and it it was just brought such added value, you know. Other than the fact he's a good athletic footballer, there was so much more he brought to his game as well. And what it did do as well, final point on Ethan Laird, um, would be that it enabled Cody Drame to to move on to the le- move from the right to the left, and Drame is a far superior defender. Um, to Manny Longello at this stage mm. in Longello's career. Um, so, yeah, there was a sturdiness and a stability to, to the back four. And, I, and I've got to say, I didn't think Drame looked, out, you know, on the wrong side or, you know, like everything yeah. was, was backwards particularly to him. I thought he'd, he did he did well as well. Um, interesting point from that game as well is Drame. I think it might have even been his last game for Leeds or one of his last games for Leeds. Was mm. on, as a left back for 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 Leeds against Ipswich Town, and he came on halfway through the first half and was subbed off at half time. Mm. And he was given such a torrid time, um, but there were no signs of that. He 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 kept his side of the pitch battened down pretty well. 
It is. It's a really interesting one, actually, at, in defence and right back and left back because Blues have got four good fullbacks. Um, I think we obviously all expect at the start of the season Ethan Laird and Lee Buchanan to be first choice, but obviously injuries have, and suspensions at the time have, have let May Langello and, and Cody Drummond. And Cody Drummond has been excellent and got better with each game. Um, but as you said, Ethan Laird is a brilliant player. Buchanan, probably Blue's most consistent performer in the first seven or eight games of the season. So, Brian, how the, how the hell do we fit them all in? <laughs> um, I, I don't think, yeah, how do we? Um, I'd say Longello would be some way behind the the other three at that, yeah. at that point. If we're asking about, you know, if there's a straight choice between Buchanan and Drame on the left or Drame and Laird on the right... You know, as hard as it sounds, you're probably going for Buchanan and Laird again, aren't you? Because I, th- I think the one thing we we did see at, at the start of the season, when when it was Buchanan and Laird, is the quality that the, the Blues had from those fullback positions was mm. like nothing we've seen for for years and years. Yeah, yeah, both. Yeah, I mean Laird especially, uh, superb on the ball. He has, like you said earlier, he's he's kind of got the lot, hasn't he? In that he's technically superb. Came through at Manchester United, so he's going to be good. Yeah. Um, you know, physically fantastic, a great athlete. I think he'll tell anyone, anyone who'll listen that he can do 100 metres in 11 seconds or something. So, um, and also as well, mentality, I think it's a big thing with him. Like the way he speaks, how confident he is. Like I remember when I spoke to him, I think not long after he'd signed and he, I, I remember going away from that conversation thinking, I really hope you're good because you talk a brilliant game. And <laughs> and and he is, he's, he's, he backs it up as well on the pitch. Um you know, he's, he's very confident, supremely confident, the loudest voice at the training ground when you go down. And um, as you say, Premier League player. And as good as Cody Drame has been, it is going to be, when everyone's fit, all the fullbacks are fit, it's going to be very difficult to keep Laird out of that right-back slot. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of football to come up and we'll mm. we'll cross, cross the bridge of all of Blues players being fit if and when we ever get there. Um, but yeah, it will be a, a massive head-scratcher um, for Rooney. Uh, but for me, Laird and Buchanan, Buchanan on his natural side and Laird because he's potentially Blues. Is it fair to say he's Blues' best player? I think he probably is, isn't he? I mean, St- Stansfield is brilliant, but he's if we're going to be really picky about it, he's not Blues' player, is he? He's, he's on loan. Mm. I think Laird could potentially be Blues' best player. Yeah, I think, I think he probably is in terms of age as well. He's only 22, just turned 22. Yeah. So, um yeah, he's he's. If you keep him fit, he's not in the championship. That's that is the reason he's in the championships. Let's be honest, you know, because he's had yeah. he's had injury problems and he's not quite kicked on when he's had that chance. You know, at QPR last season, they were when Ethan Laird was fit and firing, they were near the top of the league, weren't they? So then yeah. he had obviously issues. You know, he went to Bournemouth, got promoted there, but didn't play an awful lot. Was doing really well at Swansea, so he's been top end championship for you know two seasons. So he yeah. probably shouldn't be in it anymore. But um. You know, that's the reason he's here, the injury issue. So if he gets over them, then Blues have got one hell of a player on their hands. They absolutely have. Um, brings us on to our next section. Um, is anyone safe under, under Rooney? Uh, now you've, you've made the point, Alex, that 18 players have started in these first four games, but only mm. four have played everyone. John only Ruddy. three. Sorry, only three, only three yeah. have played everyone. Sorry, John Ruddy, the goalkeeper. So we're effectively down to two outfield players, aren't we? Mm. Dion Sanderson, who's the captain, so that kind of ticks itself as well. And Cody Drame is the only other player to have to have played all four matches. Um, yeah, just just talk to us about that, Alex. Um, 
the the the, the sort of turnover in starters is kind of unusual, and and I I potentially feel that it might have led to some of the some of the sort of the inconsistency and disruption that we've seen in those first three games, um, and you know I there's been a time there's certainly at Middlesbrough Blues were all mm. over the show weren't they and and there's a lack of coherence and you can look back on it and say well that's because you know all these players haven't played together very much and and you know there some quite a lot of them in you what what yeah. are your thoughts about is it is, is it a case of just trying he's tr- he's literally just giving everyone a quick trial and seeing seeing how they fit together I feel like this this between international breaks this month has has felt like that it has been almost a trial for the players you know we, we say that 18 players have started the first four its first four games but you think Ramel Donovan's played uh Mark Roberts has also played you know a lot of players have been used in these games and I remember speaking to him after the uh the Middlesbrough game and he said ideally I would like a settled 11 yeah. um but I don't think circumstances so far have allowed him to do that and also he has been looking at players and getting a better idea about them. Uh, this is the problem with learning on the job in the season, you know, that he's, yeah. he's finding out who can play in his system and who can do it better. And, you know, uh, there are obviously going to be casualties. I think we've seen a, a couple already, uh, players who've fallen out of the 11 and are going to find it difficult to get back in. But it, it's, you'd hope, obviously Sunderland, Sunderland on Saturday, you know, we could be seeing a number of changes again, but you'd hope after the international break when he's had two weeks uninterrupted on the training ground to work with these players that we start seeing fewer changes each week, that it's one or two rather than three or four because it has, it was three three first game from second to second game, then yeah. four changes, then four changes again for Ipswich. So it's it's too many at the moment. We need to kind of see a bit more consistency, but that will hopefully come when players all know their jobs. And I think there's been, a, there's been you know, Players and Rooney himself admitted that they they haven't quite been comfortable in what he's been asking them in the first four. So hopefully they become when they become more comfortable, we see more consistency in team selection. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think he's he's kind of not weeding out. That's the wrong wrong word. He's he's kind of sifting through the players he feels he can go to war with as well. Mm. Uh, and you know, he made a big thing in in last Thursday's press conference of. We've had this training this training game with the under twenty ones behind closed doors. I wanted to see this from the players, um, and two or three of them have, on the strength of what I saw and the way they've trained, they've played their way into Saturday's side. Um, so it, it, I do think there's an element of he's finding the players that he wants to go forward with, mm. and and I think I think on Saturday it looked a little bit a little bit as though right we we are starting to see a a settled 11 here. I mean, I was, I was com- clearly worked his way into, into his thinking. Um, Led's back, you know, he's a shoe in as, as we've said, uh, Jordan James is, is, is getting plenty of starts now, isn't he? Um, so, and, you know, Sunich, maybe he was a bit of a surprise selection over, over Bielik with, with Bielik there. Um, so you, you'd say he sees something in Sunich, um, and Bakuna gets a lot of game time as well. No, mm. no, Bakuna, we, we've said said this before, haven't we? Bakuna really, or you almost wondered if he was trying to get himself booked and suspended, didn't you, um, for the Southampton game? But he was straight back in. Mm. Um, and Miyoshi came came in as well. Presumably, he'd played well in that practice match. And Oliver Burke is is, is playing most games as well. So there there is 
a nucleus of a side emerging, I think. And yeah, you've said there's been four or three changes for the last for his first four games. Wouldn't surprise me if there's only one or two this weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that well, that'd be progress, wouldn't it? That'd be progress. Um, yeah. As as I mentioned about the the casualties, there are a few players I want to talk about because. I was stunned when I saw the 11 on Saturday and, and Christian Bielik wasn't in it. And granted, you know, he probably hasn't covered himself in glory in, in the in Rudy's first four games, especially in the first three that he did star. He wasn't, you know, his usual commanding self. He looked a little bit, a little bit suspect, a little bit vulnerable at times, probably because the way Blues are playing and leaving him isolated in that midfield role. Um, but I was still, I was still very shocked to see him to see him bench. You know, he hasn't been on the bench in any championship game that he's been available for since he came back to Blues in 2022. Yeah, um, this is kind of straying into a territory of a, of a, of a comment um, that was a question that was sent to me um, on, t- on Twitter or X from Pink Panther. He's saying, do you think we're going to struggle to fit Christian Bielik into this new system? Uh, my opinion is for his technical ability, he's not going to be mobile enough for the high energy game that Rooney wants to play. Bielik's an interesting one. Uh, and certainly the way he got himself booked when he came on, he, you know, he, he was he, he tugged at, at the arm of, of an Ipswich player when he just just didn't need to. I will, I, if I'm going to defend Bielik slightly, it was exactly exactly the same kind of foul that um, Ipswich had con- that, an Ipswich player had done on Koji Miyoshi in the first half when he pulled his, basically wrenched his shirt off his back and didn't get a booking for it. Um, so maybe Bielik was surprised at, at, at the fact he got booked for that, but he, he just didn't, for me, Rooney didn't name the players he didn't think were up, up to speed, but Bielik looked a little bit like one of those players when he came, came off the bench. Mm. That all said, I wouldn't want to overstate... Um, you know the fact that Rooney's not happy or doesn't like Bielik. Uh, just look back to um, to the to how much he picked him at Derby. Now Blues fans mm. will remember this. Uh, Bielik played his first match for a year against his against Blues as a Derby player, and it was he scored an overhead kick in a two-all draw, mm. um, and that was with Rooney as as the uh, as as his manager, um, and he Rooney pretty much picked picked him in every game he was available for. Mm. For the rest of that season, so that was that was sixteen sixteen times he appeared in in half a season. Um, before that, uh, when Rooney came in as interim and took over from Philip Koku, he played Bielik twelve times in two in his first two months as interim manager. So to mm. say that Wayne Rooney doesn't like Christian Bielik yeah. or doesn't doesn't see what he can bring to a side, and you know I, I I don't think that's right. So I wouldn't quite be writing his obituary just yet. Um. And you know, if it is to be that box midfield, then you know I really could I can could see Bielik fitting into ne- next to Sunic uh, or James at the base of that. So it hasn't gone as he would like it so far. But I'm I'm a long, long way from calling time on the Ro- Rooney and Bielik thing. No, I mean I'm, I remember looking in the uh, the program notes before the before the Hall game. Bielik kind of waxed lyrical about about Rooney, obviously, because he'd worked with him and Pete Shuttleworth at, at Derby. Um, and he wasn't he wasn't pouring any slight, putting any slight on John Eustace and the way Blues played under John Eustace, but he was saying that, you know, if we if we can execute what Rooney wants for a midfielder, it's going to be a lot of fun. 
uh, because obviously they're going to have more of the ball. And I know, I know in previous games where Blues didn't have the ball and lost, I can think of Norwich away. Bielik came into the press afterwards and, you know, he wasn't happy with how poor Blues were on the ball in that game. Yeah. Uh, he wanted them to be better. He clearly thinks he has the capacity to do it. So I think he has. I think he has. My only doubt would be about the pressing. Would really want a more mobile midfielder. Bielik is absolutely brilliant in what he does when he's he's the pivot. He can play passes around, play side to side and protect the, the yeah. defensive too. Uh, whether he can do more, we don't know. We'll see. But um, like you say, I wouldn't be writing him off because, you know, he's Blues have worked so hard to get him back. He could have gone somewhere else in the summer. He thought about it. Um, so uh, yeah, they've given him a three-year contract. He's a massively important player, and I'm sure, having worked with him before, Rooney will know how how to, how he ticks and how to get the best out of him. And hopefully, he can fit him into this system because, you know, for a player to go from where Bielik was, as we've said numerous times, the fulcrum under the the blue side under under Eustace, he can't then be cast aside in this side because he is still one of the the best players on paper. Yeah, and the intention is that Blues will have more and more possession. Yeah. Um, which which then, you know, makes Bielik arguably the perfect player to have. So, yeah, we're, as you just said there, we're a long way from calling time on this. A um, couple of other players, uh, people have asked, uh, uh, people mentioned Dembele, uh, Scott Hogan, Kevin Long, any of those names stand out for you? As, you know, that that's going to be a, a long old road to get back in Rooney's first team for any of those guys. For, for Kevin Long especially, I think, because... Um, Obviously, he was dropped for the Southampton game. Ivo came in, uh, did okay, I think Rooney said afterwards. But, you know, it was telling in that game that when Ivo got a uh, a bit of cramp late on, it was it was Mark Roberts who came on. Um, yeah. And it was also telling that against Ipswich, it was Mark Roberts who came on again, uh, where, you know, Kevin Long had been exceptional in the first 11-12 games this season to then be kind of not in the 11 or not first sub uh, is surprising. But, mm. you know, I think we saw in those, the games against Middlesbrough and Hull that he was struggling with what Rooney was asking. So, you know, different managers like different types of defenders. And it, let's let's face it, I think Kevin Long would admit himself that Dion Sanderson and Ivor are probably more mobile than him. And maybe Rooney needs two mobile centre-backs. Yeah, if you're going to be exposing them with, with full-backs exactly. high up. Yeah. Exactly. So I think he's going to find it difficult to get back into the 11 now especially with Mark Roberts at the moment coming on ahead of him yeah I'd, again you know it's it's I'd, we're wary of sounding a bit like comical alley here but you know and don't panic and there's nothing to see I don't see them throwing Dembele out with the bath with the bath water either you know no. blues blues haven't got many really technically accomplished um players and and <laughs> You know, certainly in attacking positions, I think I think Dembele, you know, is just too good to, uh, to 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 not use all the time. You know, maybe not as a starter, but certainly or starting every game, but certainly off. You know, you'd get his fair share, wouldn't you? You'd have thought. Yeah, I think Dembele is probably going through a bit of a difficult period now because he's gone from being the main man in a system that was designed to help him flourish under Eustace. Because let's, you know, yeah. he was asked to do very little defensive work under Eustace. Eustace preferred to play with a more defensive left back in Buchanan, who didn't really go forward much and left Dembele to basically wreak havoc in the oppo in the opponent's, you know, final third. Yeah. So now he's been asked to do very different things. Is he? You know, the system Blues lined up against Ipswich, 
is he go where's he gonna play in that? Is he gonna play as a as one of the two tens who float inside? Probably gonna have to, but can he and Miloshi yeah. play that together? Probably not. Um could he play as one of the two strikers? Does he press as well as Stansfield or Burke? Probably not. So it's about finding a role for him. But like you say, it's definitely worth working with Dembele because talent-wise, is there a more talented attacker in the in the blue squad? Probably not. No. No, so, not a fit one anyway. No, no. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, uh, listen... I know we're all keen to to look into the first four games and say who hasn't been who hasn't started that much and say Rooney doesn't like him. You know we are in very very early days, aren't we? Mm. Um, so you know I think there's going to be a still a lot of sort of interesting selections, albeit hopefully we are now sort of closing closing in on on a more defined and recognisable eleven for Blues. Mm. Um, which brings us to take uh, takes that, we've, that has been sent in. Uh, again, thanks everyone for your interest and your input. I, you know, it really is inter- interesting and stimulating for me and Alex to sort of get a gauge of how you guys are feeling about things. And and you know, Alex and I can talk talk to each other until the cows come home about Birmingham City. And there's there's a there's a risk of an echo chamber there. So it's it's good to hear what other people think and, and mm. what, what thoughts there are. One here from Mark that you found, um, Alex, was uh, we were never going to be able to maintain the press for 90 minutes uh, and the defensive shape showed its weakness late on. Not too disappointed with the result. First time under Wayne Rooney, we could actually see what we were trying to do. Laird been a huge miss and a great performance all round. I'm not sure i call it great. I'd, I'd definitely say it was better. Um, we've discussed the value of Laird mm. uh, and we discussed the fact we're not too disappointed with the um, with with the result um, but yeah I think the key takeaway there is we are starting to see what a Wayne Rooney team will look like going forward yeah yeah um, different different like you said earlier different to what we saw in the first three but um, there's clearly a style and structure going forward that he wants to keep the ball and that he wants to press teams and and It'll be interesting to see if it is a similar setup against Sunderland. Yeah, yeah. I would say Blues have got a long way to go before they mm. they can be called a possession side. You know, the, oh, they, the, they, the, the possession stats are through the floor at the moment, uh, aren't they? I looked earlier and it was still around 30, I think, on, on yeah. Saturday, wasn't it? So, But, you know, you can look at that two ways. You can look at that as Blues being negative and not being good enough on the ball, or you can look at it and say they've played Ipswich, Southampton in... Middlesbrough and Hull in the last four games, all of whom are possession-based sides, all of yeah. whom are a lot further along their journeys, this journey, than Blues are. So um, hopefully, you know, we expect to improve it over time. It has to improve over time, doesn't it? Yeah, it does indeed. Um, should, should we do Kieran's take? Interesting yeah, one here. Uh, Kieran says, the game should, should give us huge confidence um, moving forward. It's going to take time, but if you want to get promoted, you have to be able to play. Now, that's something I want to talk about. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll stick a, stick a, a signpost in that one. Uh, and Kieran goes on to say, thought beyond the superb Laird and Stansfield, Burke and JJ also deserve credit, which is also true. And then Kieran mm-hmm. goes on to ask, have you lads heard anything about our January plans? Um, Alex, if you want to take the January question, I'm going to go double back and go to the... Um, if you want to 
if you want to get promoted, you have to be able mm. to play question because that is interesting because Wayne Rooney spoke about that um, mm. on Thursday. And he actually said, uh, oh, I've been going away and do, I've been doing my research. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, and he said, uh, you look at all the teams that have been promoted recently and they all play with the ball. Um, you, so basically the, 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 his, the suggestion is that you have to play to get out of the championship. Uh, he mm. did say Luton, he did cite Luton and say, you know, Luton yeah. were, were an exception, but he also pointed to, to Burnley, um, to other sides that have gone up. Uh, Sheffield United played, played a lot, didn't they as well? Mm. To, he's basically saying to, to get out of the league, you have to have the football. Um, and you, you know, this is, this is at heart what the whole thing's about, isn't it? This is why John Eustace isn't, isn't the manager of, of Birmingham City at the moment. It's, it's about um, having someone that was willing to, uh, to say, yeah, I'll, I'll get us out of the league playing football uh, and I'll do it on the hoof in the, in the middle of a, middle of a, cha- a full, fully blown championship season. But yeah, the, the whole premise of where we are now is that Wag- Wagner and Brady and Gary Cook want to turn Blues into a possession team. I'm sure Tom Brady doesn't have too strong a thought about the the, the style of play. But uh, yeah, you know, it is about getting promotion, and it is about this this belief and this conviction that you're more likely to get promotion with the ball than without it. I I do agree. On the whole, you know, he is right in that most of the teams who have been promoted from this league over the last three, four years have been possession-based sides. That's normally because those teams have got better players and can afford to play that way. You know, if you look at a Fulham, for example, who, you know, won the league yeah. at a canter a couple of years ago, they had Mitrovic, uh, Harry Wilson, Caballero. They had some top performers in that team. Like, you know, you, you're probably going to get promoted whatever way you play. Yeah. Um, Burnley were a good example last season because I don't think anyone expects them to do as quite as well as they did and they dominated the league right from the outset. Um, Sheffield United have always gone about it in the right way and playing a 3-5-2 and aggressive attacking 3-5-2 and it's got them promoted twice in mm. recent years. Um, Luton, as you say, were the exception. It proves that it can be done the Johnny Eustace way. Um, but I think it's just uh, the Blues are probably hedging their bets and saying that you're more likely to get it done this way because if you dominate more games of football, you're more likely to get three points. Because yeah. even you know, even at the start of the season when Blues were winning those games, uh, you think back to the Plymouth game, the Leeds game, those games probably could have gone either way. Uh, Blues, I'm not saying they didn't deserve to win those games, but they could quite easily have drawn those games or even in the Plymouth case, lost that game. The only game where they were very dominant and deserved to win was the Bristol City game. So there is, uh, you know, there's two ways to get promoted, but one is more likely. And I, I think Blues are going down the right route. I just don't necessarily think they've got the players to do it yet. Yeah, indeed. So while you've just been talking, I've just been having a, as well as being grips, obviously, I've just been having a look at the um, at, at the list of championship seasons and the teams that have, that have won the title and got and mm. gone up. Uh, last year, it was obviously Burnley. The season before that, it was uh, Fulham and then Bournemouth were second. Yeah. They both play. The year before that, it was Norwich and Watford. You know, they both play a year before that, Leeds and West Brom. Um, you know, I think I, certainly certainly Leeds under Bielsa were, were a different beast. But, you know, the, mm. the intention was that they would dominate the ball as well and, and be absolutely frenzied without it. So, yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot to be said for the... Um, for, for the fact that having the football gets you out of the football uh, gets you out of the football league and in, into the Premier League, um, 
and probably is the right way to go, albeit we are now experiencing some short-term pain. Yeah, and uh, you know, Rooney's warned us all there's going to be short-term pain, so uh, I think we can all accept that if the you know for the greater good, in that in yeah. six months' time we can see even if Blues aren't in the promotion shaker at the end of this season, but we can start to see that they might be a good contender next season because that's going to be the acid test, isn't it? If Blues can't, you know get to grips with Rooney's playing style in time and, and get into the promotion shake-up this season, then it's going to need to be next season. You know, this is yeah. a club in a hurry. That decision told us that. So uh, I think we need to we need to hopefully see some fruits of of the labour that Rooney and his coaches have been going going through on the training ground over the last few weeks in the next in the next game and obviously after the next international break. Yeah, and talking of next season um, and a little bit of this season, that brings us to Kieran's other point was about the January transfer mm. window. Any What's your understanding of uh, of plans for January, Alex? This is the thing, because obviously I don't feel like we're far away from that last transfer window, to be honest. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. And that obviously went well, and Blue stocked themselves quite well. Um, I don't think I don't think I personally we're going to get a greater idea until Rooney's had a little bit more time to to assess what he's got, which is as we spoke about earlier, he's still doing, um, and then put targets in mind for January. There's still it's still two months away. You know, Rooney's been in the job less than a month. I yeah. think I'd be surprised if he didn't have maybe two or three players in mind that he would like to bring to blues if he had his ideal transfer window. Um I can't give you any names on those, but I that that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, there are players I look at um in other teams and think, oh, he'd be a Wayne Rooney player. But it's it's about getting them, isn't it? And also, we've also got to remember that the Blues are probably going to have to be careful in January not to, you know, get into any financial fair play strife because they did quite well to to redress that balance in the summer. They obviously need to maintain it in this season slash financial year. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So I've got just two points I'd make on that um, would be I asked Rooney about Joseph Martinez um, on Thursday, and and he basically knocked it down and said, you know, he obviously knew who he was. Um, mm. But kind of said he's he's on seven million a year, um, you know, and he's and he also then spoke of uh, about there have been conversations about plans for January. Now he mm. wouldn't elaborate on what those plans are. I don't think there'll be enormous plans in terms of you know seven or eight new players coming in, because the other th- the other point I would refer to would be Gary Cook and his um, and Rooney's unveiling. He kind of spoke around around um, around the the pressures of, of FFP, didn't mm. he? Uh, and he, he, I, th- I thought he went came a long way short of promising Wayne Rooney a, a big war chest in January. You know, maybe next summer when when the big pre pandemic contracts come off the books, um, that that that's probably going to be more more of a fertile ground for Blues recruiting, um, and and then. You know, if Blues aren't on pay, on pace, you know they're fifteenth as they are at the moment in mm. in January. You know, do you really throw tons of money to get to twelfth? You know, I don't, I don't, don't know if you necessarily do. So, listen, that's just me and Alex sort of thinking out loud, really, rather than you know what anyone's actually said to us, because obviously, you know, any plans will be very closely guarded. Um, yeah, mo- mo- moving on. Uh- one from Lappy1967 here off, off Twitter or X, whatever it's called these days. Um, I'm going to let you handle this one, Brian, because you were there. Uh, 
in almost 50 years of watching the Blues, that first 60 minutes is one of the best performances I've seen a Blues side put in. Blues were ruthless in hunting down Ipswich and strangling their attacks at source. Not the usual sit back, sit back and counter we're used to. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy Lappy's happy, if you get what I mean. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it, it was enjoyable. You know, I, I think... I think it was made more enjoyable by, enjoyable by the fact that it was a bit of a relief to to see some something cogent and coherent going going through a Rooney's team. Um, listen, please, you know, you think back to Bogus Bogus team going away and putting six past Luton, or Rowett's team putting six past Reading, uh, you know, or a joyous three 0 win at Derby. You know, it's if if Lappy feels that way then you know I'm not going to try and dissuade him otherwise that that you know that wasn't his his favorite time in in a in a blues ground for for all those decades um but yeah you, you know it was a it, it was it was pleasing rather than sensational to me I have to say uh you, but yeah if it, it, it was just a relief to see blues blues have an idea without the ball and with it so yeah thanks for that Okay. Uh, should we move on to a few of the questions that have come in? Uh, yeah, Carl indeed. Hills, firstly. Uh, best performance under Rooney so far, brackets, obviously. Do you think once Buchanan is back fit, we'll go three at the back and play Laird and Manny right wing back and left wing back? Burke massively impressed me on Saturday. Best performance from him in a blue shirt as well. We, we've spoken about Burke, to be fair. We we both agree, I think, that he's probably his best, best in a blue shirt. Um, yeah. Onto the back three. That's an interesting one because we've both spoken about this at length. Um, Buchanan is a game changer, I think, as far as that goes, because he gives Blues that left side centre back option that no one else really does. Ivo is quite comfortable coming out onto his left foot, I think. But also, I noticed a couple of times in the in the clips I watched from the game against Ipswich, and he gave the ball out away, playing out from the back. So, um, yeah, I think if you could potentially have Sanderson in the middle either on the right and then Buchanan left. I think it's a good option for a back three for Blues. We know Rudy's played it previously as, as former club. So I think it's a system that could suit and could allow Rooney to get, you know, a Dembele back into the team and give him a little bit less defensive responsibility. But, you know, would he see it as a defensive formation with five at the back? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. I think we'd have to, we'd have to see what it looks like going forward. But Buchanan definitely opens that up. Yeah, I, I mean, he would then say it becomes three at the back if you get Longello and 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 Laird playing as auxiliary wingers, and you you then play a three-two-five, you know. So, mm. yeah, I I did ask him about this on last Thursday as well, um, as as regards three at the back, and he said he prefers he prefers four at the back. That that is, Fair. yeah. Um, he but he also said he has used three at the back at DC United. It's something that they he would I think he would like Blues to have. You know, string to their bow, mm. um, but I think the factory setting is going to be a four. Um, but yeah, but you know, Buchanan's arrival very much does on the left left of that three very very much does uh, raise that as a possibility. But you know, Lee, Lee Buchanan is also a very good left back, uh, and you know, probably a decent wing, a, a more defensive minded left wing back than mm. than Longello would be. Um, so. Yeah, more players give more options, don't they? But I, I think at the moment, I don't think Rooney is necessarily moving, wanting to move all the variables too much now that he might have happened upon something that, that works. Mm. 
No, I agree. Um, another from Nick Morris, uh, after Wayne Rooney's comments on the subs on Saturday, do you think we will see a number of players exiting in January? I'm including Dembele in this, unfortunately. Um, and then he says, do you know what Mike Riggs' role will be? Um, on the on the first point of that, um, it'd be difficult to get rid of players in, in January, wouldn't it? Because a lot of these players have only just arrived and the others who mm. didn't arrive in the summer are going to be out of contract next summer. And those players, because they're on big contracts, won't be passing up the final six months of those that pay that paycheck very easily. Um, I'd be surprised if they were able to get rid of a number in January, to be honest. I guess you're the same, Brian. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I don't, I, yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily think that they'll be looking to offload massively. No. It's still not a huge squad, is it? I don't think no. really. No, it's. I think it's a. It's a. It's a sizable squad, but I don't. I don't think there's. You know, you can't just get rid of three or four of the players they signed in the summer. I think it's on Rooney and his coaching staff to work with them first. You've got to give them a yeah. season at least, haven't you? You can't just bomb them if you don't like them. Um, you know, if you've given them twenty games and then they decide they're not cut cut up to uh, to what you're asking, then fair enough. But um, you know, we are, as Rooney keeps saying, we are four games in. Yeah, yeah. and and as we said earlier, I don't see Dembele being a casualty. I, no. I really don't. You know, I think right. I think he's the, the potential is is such that you know, even if it is only off the bench, and he may not be happy with that, I don't see that you know that coming to a head before before January. The Mike, the Mike Rig one is interesting. Mm. Um, it's my understanding that he'll be coming in on the academy side of things. Um, Blues, uh, when you were away, Alex Blues, sent, wrote, Gary Cook wrote a letter to mm. academy parents saying that they're going to be applying for Category 1 status for 25-26. I think I'm right in saying that. He made reference to a world-class appointment on the academy side. Um, now, obviously, we've seen... We've seen um, reports from other websites talking about Mike Rigg coming to Blues. Uh, so it's my understanding that that will be on the academy side. He's uh, he's someone who's obviously got quite a lot of experience in recruitment and as a technical director and also a director of football. He worked as director of football when Cook was at Man City, didn't he? So, you know, it's, it's no surprise that Cook is looking to bring in people that he's worked with and knows um, you know, that's that's what most people in business do, I suppose. So that isn't any great shock. Um, moving on to the next question, Brumageddon. Uh, I love the name. With with more winnable games, in quotes, coming up after the international break, how many points will Blues need to stay in contention coming up to Christmas? Uh, I presume we're talking about contention for the playoffs there. Um, what is it so far? 19 points after 15. And yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, difficult, difficult, Brian. I'd probably say I'd probably say they need to have about early thirties. Yeah, exactly that. I've actually crunched early a bit 30s. of numbers, crunched a few numbers before we came mm. on. Uh, just to you point out that it, it, around Christmas time is the twenty third game um, mm. traditionally, so it's halfway point around Christmas. Blues and at Christmas last year were ninth on thirty two points. Yeah, um, so there's still some way to go to that. Um, ahead of them last year was QPR, how the world changes on 34 <laughs> on 34 points. So Blues were within were in contention mm. um, last year uh, at Christmas last year at the midway point. Before that, uh, the year before that, um, it was you needed 35 points to be in the top six. Mm. 
Um, and the year before that, I think it was 40. Uh, Reading, I mean, the world really has changed. Reading had 40 <laughs> points at the halfway mark in, to be sixth in, in that season. At the moment, um, Preston are sixth and they've got um, 25 points, I think. I can't read my own writing here. Mm, uh, yeah. And if you think that they are going to average about 1.5 points a game in, yeah. in the next is, is another eight games, you're looking at 36, 37, something like that. So Blues need to be rattling along you know they they've got 19 points so far with you know to be in contention in eight games time you know they need a they need another 15 or 16 points don't they really mm. it depends yeah. what you mean by contention doesn't it if you mean in the top six no that, yeah you know that is going to be a big reach if you mean within three or four points of the top six then you're still going to have to get get the skates on uh, yeah you need four or five wins don't you yeah, indeed. So let's say they need to win simplistic simply, let's say they need to win four or five games of the next eight before Christmas and, and they'll they'll potentially be in touching just in you know, in contention. So yeah, as I said, they need to get the skates on, don't they? Mm. Yeah. Uh last question from Rob Reconstructs, also on Twitter. Uh was the Bielik benching a one-off, or does Rooney see Sunic ahead of uh, ahead of him now? Um, we spoke about this a little bit early, didn't we? Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's definitely not going to be a one-off because Bielik won't play in, at Sunderland on Saturday because he's suspended. So uh, you'd presume Sunic will continue in that role with Jordan James. Um, the shirt clearly is very much Sunic and James now, isn't it? Um, you know, it's on them to to keep it. I think. I'd be surprised if Bielik doesn't get another chance because he's too good a player to just be cast aside. Um, as we spoke about earlier, he's he's got the technical qualities to fit into the way Rooney wants to play. Um, yeah. So I don't think it'll be a one-off because I think we've learned in the early weeks under Rooney that no one's place in the team is secure. Um, you know, even Jay Stansfield had to sit on the bench at Southampton, so anyone can be benched. Um, but I think he'll get a, get another chance, and I think he's good enough to take it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, as, as I said earlier, Rooney picked Bielik at Derby whenever he could, pretty much. Um, and, uh, you know, I know maybe his hands were tied in terms of the number of bodies he had at Derby. Um, but judge, judging by what Bielik said and he, in, in his programme notes, and he didn't need to say, oh, brilliant, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to get finally get to play some football. You know, I, th- I think, you know, I think the relationship between the two of them again I'm not in a room with them I don't know what their conversations are but the, the signs I'm reading manager A pick, has picked player B and player B has said yeah how happy he is to have manager A here so yeah, you know I th- I'm pretty comfortable with it at the moment so I, I don't see Bielik going 15 games without getting the start I really don't yeah no I, I agree um, let's let's move on Brian Sunderland uh, Sunderland away on paper you know, it looks quite a difficult game. Blues lost their last season. Sunderland finished in the playoffs. Uh, a team that is quite fancied, I think, this season to to go a step further and be right in with a shout of promotion. Got some very good players. You know, Jack Clark in particular, top player. Nine goals in fifteen games already this season. After nine goals and twelve assists last season. Yeah. yeah. Um, they've got a few others. Quite a young team. Um, we'll come on to to Joe Bellingham in a little in a little while and have a have a little look at how he's done. Um. But what are you expecting, Brian? I know you said team selection. You think it might be a little similar? I do. I mean, obviously, the 
uh, Bielik won't won't be available. Mm. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if if in fact he names the same eleven. You know, I don't I don't think that's impossible. Um, mm. There may be one or two changes. Uh, so yeah, I, th- I think it, I think it'll be similar. I think the shape will be similar. Um, just looking at Sunderland now, you know, they their only win in the last five games was it was against Norwich and everybody seems to be beating Norwich at the moment yeah, except Blue, yeah. <laughs> except John Eustace's <laughs> Blues you know let's not go over that ground again um, but yeah um, it, it it is a difficult game on paper um, mm. but you know the newly coherent and cogent Birmingham City I'd, I'd, I think you can go up there with, with a reasonable degree of optimism personally what yeah do, and you, I think no, I, I agree. I agree. And I think, you know, I'm more optimistic now that I've seen their first choice two centre-backs have both suspended for this game, Dan Ballard and Luke O'Neill. Because mm. um, I said to you before we came on air, every time I've watched Sunderland over the last 12 months under Tony Mowbray, um, they are massively attacking. Um, you know, the way they're set up is designed to score goals and and entertain Um You know, I remember watching them in the playoff semi last season. It was like a 3-5-2 formation or a 3-4-3, but they only actually had one centre-back in those three defensive slots. Mm. Um, and Luke O'Neill is not really, a, as we said, a natural centre-back, and he plays there plays there quite well. He's more of a right-back or midfielder, or has been previously in his career. So Ballard's the only natural centre-back there, but you know they're going to have to bring two kind of fairly untried players into those two positions against Blues. So you just hope that they can take advantage of it. Um yeah, and what about Job? Obviously, Job's gone gone up there in the in the summer. You know, I think it was felt it was the best for both parties to go their separate ways, wasn't it? And you know, Job seems to be doing pretty well or very well, Alex. Yeah, I mean, we we were always reluctant to speak about Job while he was here because of the pressure on him. I don't really want to go yeah. over him too much now through fear of going over old ground. But yeah. um, you know, he he started all fifteen games in the Championship for them this season, so he's clearly found you know a club that he wants to kind of develop with and and they see him as a big part of their plans quite evidently so he's played his position's been quite interesting because i think recently he's played more as a as a midfielder uh one of a one of a three man midfield or one of a deep like deeper line two um probably the one with more more flexibility to to roam forward um but earlier in the season i noticed that he was playing as a as a false nine at times, and I know they've had a few a few issues with strikers there, and haven't quite been able to to crack it as someone who plays there regularly. But um, but Joe played a few games there. Um, he scored twice in a two and win over Rotherham in August. Uh, he hasn't scored since. He has got an assist recently, but you know, two goals, one assist, fifteen games. He's, he's doing okay. He's not probably showing the form to suggest that he should. Blues should have fought harder to keep him, or that he'd get in the current Blues midfield or whatever. But he's he's done okay, so you know, fair play to him. I think I think we can all say I think it was a fairly amicable departure, wasn't it? So you know, yeah. players, it happens, doesn't it? It does. And you know, again, let's point out, eighteen years old, and he's got forty mm. championship games under his belt, so he's yeah. not doing too badly, is he? Um, no, he's not. So, yeah, indeed. Right, that brings it to a close. I think uh, hopefully you've found that enjoyable and stimulating. Thank you, Alex, and a, uh, a safe trip uh, up to up to Wearside today. But not today. You might need to set off today. Um, <laughs> uh, this weekend. Uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, from Alex Dickin and myself, as ever, it's a keep right on.